for joining the True West Podcast with David Fischette, where David sits down with business leaders, artists, creatives, and champions of humanity to discuss their explorer's spirit. If your true north is your sense of purpose that drives you each day and that thing you'll be remembered for long after you're gone, we believe that your true west is your sense of adventure, your curiosity, and the thing that makes you turn your back to the sunrise and head into uncharted territories. You'll hear stories of tenacity and courage that live inside each of us to follow our own path into the future we desire. We hope that you will be inspired to follow your true west today. Welcome back to the True West podcast here at the Studio Collection at Go West Creative here in Nashville, Tennessee. Today's day two of the Go West experience, and we have had an amazing morning of panels. Today we've been talking about the True West of creativity. We started off the day this morning with my dear friend Steve Connell, who flew in from Los Angeles to be with us today, and Steve is here with me in the studio right now. Steve, thanks for being here. My pleasure, good sir, David. I'm happy to be here with the good David Fischette. Hey, my friend. So thank you so much for the piece you did this morning, a piece uh, entitled, appropriately, West, that you uh, wrote for us here at Go West. And it really sums up what we're talking about, this this idea of your true West being your sense of uh, creativity and exploration and adventure. And you're somebody that has absolutely paved his own path through life, right? Mm -hmm. You have not taken any sort of a conventional route in what it is you do for a living, right? And uh, and people are like, uh, you're a poet? Do you make money doing that? <laughs> you actually make a living? So talk to me a little bit about the decision, how the path started for you to end up here as a uh, professional spoken word artist, an actor, activist. Talk to me about that path. Hmm. Well, uh, many, many parts of the path so what where to start at the beginning i suppose i uh i you know i I grew up as a actor and uh the first poets i heard were were the great comics like george carlin richard pryor bill cosby and at a young age i was just hearing what language could do that moved into as you talk about activism it moved into like martin luther king and, and malcolm x and again these great orators who are who are moving a nation through the power of their emotion fused mm-hmm. with their language and 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 then as an actor having Shakespeare and Tennessee Williams and and Stephen Adley Gerges and all these incredible writers and so all these different ways of seeing language as action understanding words as movement and so then I came of age in hip hop was uh went to UCLA theater school and so I think what I do as spoken word, what I do as poetry is oftentimes not what people understand poetry to be. And so many of us have been stigmatized, you know, taught poetry by teachers who don't like poetry. And so it becomes like, we have to do this. Let's get through this. And when it became a living sort of art form, and for me, a lot of people, it's not uncommon for people to go, yeah, I don't really like poetry, but, you know, so somebody dragged me here, but now that I've heard it, if that's what poetry is, I can't wait to see it again. So I think that's because it, it's fusing. For me, it, it's, it, there's so much freedom in the form because the form somewhat is uh, formless. And so the ability to, for me, it then fuses my influences between theater and storytelling and stand-up and hip-hop and sort of integrates all those into a way of, of speaking and communicating, you know, uh, either very human ideas uh, or very complicated 
ideas about business or about mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, how we gather, how we move, and, and sort of putting that into... What's so interesting about you, so we've been working together uh, 10 years now. Big decade. Big decade, coming up, the big celebration. And what initially drew me to you as a spoken word artist was that you were so unlike most of the spoken word artists at that time who had to rhyme and they would punch every, you know, it's like, here, let me feed you every single rhyme. And there's something about that that just uh, unnerves me a little bit. But what you do is obviously your, your pieces have a rhyming convention to them, but there's more about drawing you into a, a story, uh-huh. right, and communicating that way. So, talk to me about the actual style, right? How you, yeah. how you developed your style? Because I truly believe, right, and I'm 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 biased. I truly believe you are the best spoken word artist I've ever heard. In that, I mean, that goes for Maya to Amanda Gorman. I truly believe you have a, a gift in a style that's completely different mm. than than other people in the way they do it. So I'm just wondering, was there a conscious decision that you made, a true West, if you will, that uh, that 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 took you into this 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 format that that is the Steve Connell style of spoken word? Um, well, first of all, I thank you and admire your taste. I encourage you to continue to have your own bold opinions about my abilities. Um, I think a lot of it, I mean, that's the interesting thing is for me and, and I know my contemporaries, there's a, there's a part of the honor of knowing that sort of kids, poets, young people growing up today can point to us as a as a trailblazer of sorts and say it exists in a way now they can see people who have made a career people who have you know for the first time ever now they have a category in the grammy category that used to poets used to compete against books on tape and comics and anything that was literally spoken word and now it's there's a category specific to poets and there's ways to point to amanda gorman point to people who have done it in this you know newer spoken word form um and for me growing up that didn't really exist so most poets were were page poets you know and if they recited their poems it was simply a, a mechanism of this is how the words get heard by being right. read aloud and there was certainly i mean my angela of course there's an understanding of the power of the of the re, the of the spoken word the way the and you know especially things like rhyme but then coming of age in hip hop and like i said the the, the explosion between hip hop and and uh, stand up are two powerful forms that I think really uh, have influenced my spoken word and have been influenced by spoken word. And so for me, though, because I felt like before I claimed poet, I claimed stand up and I claimed actor and I claimed writer and I claimed storyteller and I improv comic and and so and sketch, too. And so all of those sort of fused together in in what I what I consider spoken word before I'd seen it, before I'd ever won my Mm -hmm. first slam at the New York Poets Cafe and and so it didn't have to rhyme. It didn't have to be long or short. It didn't have to have the structure. So then the freedom to basically create, to connect again, like the, like, so some pieces come out in rhyme form. Some pieces come out closer to something more like, I guess, a monologue versus a, a hip hop versus a soliloquy. And so for me, then that ability to either create structure when structure is, is either needed or the, the subject of whatever the inspiration is, uh, is it calls out like it claims itself, 
or the ability to sort of show up to it through the creative process and realize that it goes from within the context of the piece, it can transform, find form, become formless, reshape again. And I think that's sort of the thing that I think is, is more and more true to the, to the poets I, I really re right. respond to and respect. And I think that also becomes why people, when they hear it, the inability to know exactly what they're hearing while they're hearing it becomes part of what I think is exciting about the form, because then you find yourself at times almost cha being challenged to, because people want to box things, right? right. As a of way course. of processing it. They want to say, oh, that's what it is. Right. So the inability to say, oh, that's what it is becomes something exciting in itself. So let me box something else in. Let's talk about Kill the Poets, right? Okay. So I don't know that I've seen that before, right? Yeah. Spoken word with a live band, yeah. right? I don't know if that exists in a true like band concept mm -hmm. but talk to me about the birth of kill the poets and, and what you guys have going on well i love that you bring up kill the poets because obviously they're a big part of my heart as far as uh being able to create uh, and partner with music and, and what was fascinating about the band was they were all musicians and so there was an initial instinct of writing songs and the initial instinct to sort of pull me to pull my poems into songs pull the format into while also saying we're here for you. Because you do have a lovely singing voice. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, and not even, <laughs> but in the format of like a, a verse structure. And I think that's even, you know, poets that I know who have messed with music, they, they, like how to now do a spoken word pop song, if you will, right? right? How to create a chorus, how to create a verse. And so for me, instead of saying, turning me into a songwriter, it was turning these, these musicians into poets who are now, we're sort of mm. writing a group poem and their instrument is like my pen. And so yeah, it's an that, expression. Yeah, yeah. And so then that idea of creating and, and that's what's, you know, sort of weird and exciting is that, again, the, the, it's formatless in the sense of the music is as different as each individual piece. And some pieces are, you know, 12 minutes. Some pieces are three minutes, some pieces. So in some ways, when I talk about it in, in trying to, again, find language to articulate, it is either think of it like a musical TED talk or think of it like a seven minute Hamilton or think of it like a short film, right? The way right. it would become scored, an audible version of that or a radio play, you know? And so I think that approach, then it, it, it becomes cinematic. It becomes sound design as a musical instrument. And those are the kind of things that then is, is real exciting for me. And especially now the ability to, to collaborate more and more with music and, and in working in that format, there was a fear that it didn't, because it wasn't conventional, because it didn't, people hadn't seen it, and if they hadn't seen it, their, their right. instinct is to distrust it for whatever reason. Sure, and so that, human nature. That feeling that, am I wrong, isn't it? And so the ability to get in with musicians that now makes me feel confident walking into any studio, you know, just, just now working on a song, and, and you know, one of the musicians had played with Prince and played with Michael Jackson and played like incredible caliber musicians and to not question anymore right well could we do this or could we do that is just like yo it's gonna be dope let's cool. go yeah you got a seat at the table and you feel confident in yourself yeah, yeah, we 100%. should you should i don't know if you heard you're the, you're the best so thank you very much all right well i appreciate you no taking, taking time to uh, be here in the studio with us today opening up tonight and uh also be here with us tomorrow in uh in studio so this is the true west podcast coming to you from the studio collection here at go west creative thanks for joining us Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for joining the True West Podcast. If you'd like more information on today's guest, please check below or see the episode notes. Until then, 
stay curious.